Welcome in. It's the Nate Taylor Show. After another victory for the Kansas City Chiefs, eight straight weeks of doing this. Nate Taylor, Jay Bankley. What's up, Nate? How you doing, Jay? Say that one more time. Eight straight? Eight straight. Eight straight victories. Uh, it all started right after Halloween. Look, look, Jay. It has to slow down. Put the costumes away and, <laughs> and the kids play, right? Yeah. I mean, football is the... It truly is the best team sport because... You're going to get no argument here. Because on a week where, as I wrote in The Athletic, where there was so much uncertainty as to who was going to play, you know, how much of this outbreak was going to filter through the team, Andrew Wiley plays his butt off. Derek Gore and... Excuse me, uh, Daryl Williams. The idea of them come, you know, being a combo running back crew... When Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Alaire unfortunately goes down with the collarbone injury, I mean Byron Pringle, the true wide receiver, won yesterday. Even though yes, Tyreek Hill came back from the COVID list on Christmas, but he was more used as a decoy because he hadn't practiced. He really hadn't had any uh, cardio work that you would consider, you know, to be up to um, what is capable of what is required of you to run, you know, the routes that he does uh, on most Sundays and. Every now and then, the quarterback sort of reminds you that he's the best player in the game. No, he did. I mean, it was unbelievable. Again, both the leading rushers for the team undrafted. Yep. Um, the three of the four wide receivers, including the leading wide receiver, undrafted. Top two tacklers, undrafted. It's just amazing what they will do. The Pittsburgh was a seventh seed yesterday going in that game. Correct, yep. The, the tie they had against the Lions, because Big Ben on COVID list, they had to go in the backup route there, but... Speaking of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, it looks like Adam Schefter and Rappaport all over, you might be able to fill this in too. Looks more just like a bruised shoulder at this point with Clyde. Yes. And there is maybe misses one week? Yeah, I think as of right now, um, the cautious approach would be for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, to get at least two weeks of rest. Um, and then, of course, depending upon what happens this upcoming Sunday, Jay, uh, the game could be you know, ultra ultra important or week 18 in this new 18 game season uh, could be, you know, one of those games that we've seen so much in week 17 under the Patrick Mahomes area where the Chiefs may have locked up the number one seed. Maybe that game uh, is not significant towards what the playoffs will hold. Um, Clyde Rosalaire had a left collarbone injury being tackled early in the third quarter. Uh, the x-rays were negative. Uh, I was able to confirm, much like you mentioned earlier, that the injury is not significant, and the belief is he will more than likely miss Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. That means that Daryl Williams will get most of the, you know, he'll start. He may get more of the touches than Derek Gore, but Derek Gore's, you know, played really well when given the opportunity, including yesterday's game. And then another guy that has been on injured reserve for a while, Jarrett McKinnon, he could come back into the fold uh, because he's now eligible to come off the injured reserve list or the short-term uh, version of it right now. And even Andy Reid said today, Jay, that you know physically he's in a good position. So if he comes off the injured reserve list, if he you know practices this week, obviously this is being Jarrett McKinnon, uh, the window he, may be, he may be the third running back that they can use to, to give Clyde at least those two weeks to rest. Yeah, so Clyde there. Well, what stands out to you most? Eight straight wins, six straight division titles. Uh, the Chiefs have uh, eight opening drive touchdown they had yesterday. 
12.8 points per game in the last eight games. That leads the NFL since yes. week eight. Woo. Last five at home, 8.8. Arrowhead advantage coming large for the Kansas City Chiefs. Eight straight games not allowing a touchdown in the first quarter, something we haven't seen for about 20 years. They did allow that field goal to the Dallas Cowboys. I know that stat was being pointed out that the Chiefs had eight straight shutouts uh, in the first quarter. They actually let up a field goal against the Dallas Cowboys. But all of them certainly impressive. This is not just a good defense. This is now a great defense as they sit fifth in the NFL in points against. They are playing championship ball right when you want them to. They are, and you mentioned this to Mick, uh, you know, to to Mitch Holtis um, in the previous show, in the previous hour, that maybe they are peaking at the right time, both on offense and defense. And I get the sense, too, that um, Chris Jones is really, really important. And he's also really, really good. Did you notice, Jay, on the first third down of the game, Chris Jones occupies two linemen. It frees up Jaron Reed to put pressure on Ben Roethlisberger, who falls right into Frank Clark's lap for the first sack. And he's not going to move. Yeah, and, he's, and, and yeah, and he's not a mobile quarterback. Obviously, he's in the twilight of his career. Perhaps that was Ben Roethlisberger's last appearance in Arrowhead Stadium as a quarterback. I think the hug at the end of the game with Mahomes kind of said everything. Yeah, and the performance. I mean, let's uh, let's not forget that as well. I mean, but there's a reason Ben Roethlisberger played so poorly is because the secondary was excellent, right? The, the Steelers tried a trick play. Uh, some some flea flicker where Ben Roethlisberger never really turned his back to the to the defense. They lost their line coach today to Oregon. Like you see these college coaches leave to other colleges, you don't see them leave the pro see team that's still technically yeah. in it. You do not see an NFL coach uh, want and is granted permission to to pursue another opportunity elsewhere. Tom just don't care, man. He said, like, "You want out of here, you're out of here." Like he wants he to get does, rid of. He does not want hostages. Jay, he That's wants right. volunteers. Volunteers, not hostages. Well, a hostage was kind of a problem yesterday. Uh, that being Melvin Ingram, who the Chiefs traded for. I mean, all of this is is somewhat ironic that Melvin Ingram didn't want to play for the Steelers anymore. He gets traded to the Chiefs for a six-round pick in this upcoming draft. And then when the Steelers realize we need to go for it on fourth down, um, the person who blows up the play immediately is Melvin Ingram, who basically told... Uh, Najee Harris, no, 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 you're not, you're not, you're not getting this fourth down on this pitch out on, on fourth and, uh, fourth and one, fourth and two, but you look all through the roster, anybody who was available, I can't give them a bad grade, Jay. I, I, I think they all played well. I mean, even Elliot Fry, um, who I didn't know who the chiefs were learning themselves this past week. Uh, who How built- about the holds by Townsend's brother? That was the question. Yeah. Who's going to hold for him? Exactly. They signed Charlton to be on there because he held for him yes. back in college. But Townsend, nice job. Yeah. Is out. I mean, Johnny Townsend uh, supports his brother, replaces him uh, because, you know, Tommy Townsend and Harrison Bucker are, are still on the COVID list. Um, but the kicking unit was fine. You know, they made three out of four field goals. Uh, they helped ensure that points were um, going to be added to the lead. Uh, there was really no issue in any phase of the game. And when you can say that, no matter who the opponent is, uh, ask, the, ask the Los Angeles Chargers, when you can not have any issues on any phase of the game in December, in late December, uh, you got to feel good. And we assume, we expect, Jay, that guys like Nick Bolton, Travis Kelsey, uh, those guys will come 
back to the active roster from the COVID list because they're vaccinated and they just need a, a negative test, um, which could occur later on this week when the team gets ready to play Cincinnati, uh, and including Lucas Niang, right? So they – Kyle Long, a, I think, is going to come up there too. So Yeah, so they played an A, an a game without all of their players, and now they get them back for uh, perhaps a chance to extend their winning streak to nine games. And uh, I want to catch your opinion on this. This is Andy Reid, the post game. Really stood out to me. I hit, we cut it right there during the post game because I thought it was very interesting that Andy Reid said this. You were you were there, obviously, listening to Andy Reid after the game when he dropped this little nugget on Patrick's performance. Mm-hmm. Now keep this in mind. The Chargers' run defense is bad. <laughs> the Steelers had the 31st worst run defense, actually worse than the Chargers. Yes. But pass defense-wise, the Chargers were fourth mm-hmm. going into that game. Going into they, the Thursday slid, night game, yes. Obviously, giving up 410 yards to Mahomes. And then the Steelers were 12th, but number two in sacks. So they were able to still get to the quarterback. This is what uh, Andy Reid said about Patrick Mahomes. This was really, uh, it's it's going to be underscored here, I know, but this is one of his great games. Uh, uh, and he only played two and a half quarters. Um, uh, but the thing, the way he was seeing things and handling himself out there against uh, one of the better pass defenses in the National Football League. I, I, I just, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him, but he he never flinched with, you know, he wanted the guys there. I mean, those are two good football players. So, but he never flinched on it. He got in and got work done during the week with the with the receivers that, that, that stepped in. So I, you know, we were confident that if we, if we didn't have Tyreek um, and then we didn't have Kels, but if we didn't have, Either one of them that we'd still uh, be efficient, and we had the run game too. So it just impresses me with cheeses. How you handle the situation? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know the Saints tonight. Twenty-two guys on the COVID list. See how Sean Payton's going to handle it. The Chargers didn't handle it well. No, they did the not. The Texans actually had more on the list than they did. Mm-hmm. They gave up forty-one points. Patrick Mahomes. Of course, you don't know what the game plan is. You think you got some guys. You think they're coming off the list, and you don't. So a great game by him. Andy Reid said one of his better games. It's going to be kind of an underrated storyline of this game. Finding a great game for Patrick Mahomes is like finding a great catch by Alex <laughs> Gordon. It's like, how do, how do you pick yes. you know, one great catch? But when you throw in everything in the equation with COVID, dealing with undrafted free agents in the skill positions, yep. is it one of Patrick? But he had 135.1 quarterback rating. Was this one of his better performances considering and that line was giving him all time back there in yes, the pocket. Yes, sir. Um, let's 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 simplify this, Jay, because uh, I love the question. Patrick Mahomes has played 15 games this season. Whether you want to look at it statistically, or whether you want to say the eye test, the circumstances that you mentioned, uh, to me, it's probably his third or second best game of the season. And that's saying a lot, given that right now he has 33 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And he's led the team to being the first AFC team to to secure a playoff spot, and obviously their sixth straight AFC West divisional title. I think the best game he played was against the Raiders on the road early in this winning streak, when the team was still sort of figuring itself out. And it's hard to argue with four hundred and six yards and five touchdowns, no turnovers. But you can make a point, and I'm going to. Perhaps side, you know, come along your side and say that this performance was better than even in the Thursday night classic against the Chargers because of everything you said, right? Um, he was excellent from start to finish, and that was not the case against the Chargers. Now the Chargers had 
you know, Bosa. They had Durbin James to start that game. Obviously, you'd mentioned they had a pretty good pass defense at the time. And look, Mahomes went into supernova mode late in the fourth quarter and obviously to get the, the win in overtime. But against the Steelers team that you said was already in the playoff picture, uh, without Travis Kelsey for just the second time in his career. In a team that's dominated the Chiefs in their history. Yes. And and, and look, Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, you remove him from the situation. It's just the second game in Mahomes' career without Travis <laughs> Kelsey. And he still throws. I mean, he still completed 76% of his it's passes. It's crazy because just the week before that Thursday night game, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill became the only tight end wide receiver duo <laughs> right. to ever have 10 catches, 140 yards, a touchdown. Basically out. Tyreek Hill got a couple catches in yep. the game. But still. Tyreek Hill was mostly used as a decoy. Yeah, he was. But uh, but all the time in the pocket, plenty. Talk about earlier the communication with the offensive line mm-hmm. and the quarterback. Sometimes when you have a new offensive line, you're going to have your, your hiccups, yeah. so to speak. But, man, there seems to be that whole comfortability factor where he's not worried all the time about running. He can set the pocket, look downfield or across the middle, yeah. obviously, now. Because the Chiefs right now, they lead the NFL in plays at 6.8 per they drive lead, yes. per drive. Yes. They lead the NFL in points per drive and they have the fewest tied for the fewest drives in the NFL. Meaning, meaning just like what Steve Young said about Mahomes the other day on Dan Patrick show, the league adjusted to him. They've adjusted back. Look out. Cause they're maybe better than they were before. You're listening to Nate Taylor show. We're going to take a time. When we come back, we'll talk about the six straight division wins. Plus the undrafted free agents really stood out to us this week. We'll get into that next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, so listen, we don't take any of those uh, experiences for granted at all. Um, I know we get a free t-shirt but, and a hat, but um, there's a lot of uh, sweat that goes into this, uh, a lot of effort pushing through things that you normally don't have to push through to get to work. And, um, both mentally and physically. So uh, proud of our guys for how they handled it, proud of the coaches for how they handled it. And, uh, it's a great, great honor. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll enjoy it here for a day or two, and then uh, we got to get on to a real good Cincinnati team. So On to Cincinnati, just like Belichick said back in 2014 after the Chiefs. Uh, handed it to them. Yeah, right before that wild card game with the A's. But six straight for the Kansas City Chiefs, tying the Vikings from 73 to 78, the Steelers 74 to 79, only the Rams 73 to 79, the Patriots 2009 to 2019 have longer streaks as far as winning their division. Andy Reid now seven straight years of 10-plus wins. Patrick Mahomes has never lost this division. He's undefeated on the road in this division. Andy Reid 35-6. and six. Against this division since 2015. Nate, does this mean more this year for the Chiefs, or should it mean more considering where they were and where they are? Yeah, this was this was different than previous years, Jay, because you know the Chiefs were used to having these four and 5 and zero starts, sort of setting the pace, and you know wanting to see if anybody in the division would want to catch them. Uh, it's you know it's it's remarkable they were in last pace in the AFC West. In I believe late September, early October. Oh yeah, people let them know. And they have uh, climbed through this eight-game winning streak, not just through the bottom of the division, but to the top of the conference. And as you know, it's funny as Andy mentioned, like you know, you you do get a commemorative T-shirt. 
Um, and it, it's funny for him to be like, you know, it's uh, shirt and hat, baby. This is this is nice. Um, but I do think a little bit of what he is saying there is that we did it differently this time, and they actually showed their resiliency, their ability to adapt, which we've talked about before, and just when they knew they needed to play better, when their backs really were against the wall in a way that previously had not been, you know, put in a regular season in the Mahomes era, uh, all those players rose to the occasion and they've played better. Um, Chris Jones moving from outside back to inside. Frank Clark um, gaining health and, you know, regaining his, you know, consistency that he had had when he first came to the team. Uh, Tyreek Hill cutting down on the drops. Travis Kelsey um, playing his best at the most important game of the division uh, a couple weeks ago in the regular season. I mean, Mahomes uh, having some turnover, you know, unluckiness, and then uh, going through his fundamentals, particularly his footwork, his ball placement, to where now he's playing his best um, in December. It's it's remarkable. And as we're going to talk next, just it's the stars and it's the rest of the roster. It's the guys who came into the league with very little spotlight and they've just worked and worked and worked because they're learning from a Hall of Fame coach. They're being guided through someone, as you mentioned, who knows what it takes to get better as the season goes along. And it's both the stars and the veterans and the backups, and more specifically, it's even the undrafted guys who are playing better than their counterparts on the other side of the opponent, whoever that opponent is. Seattle always made a living off John Schneider did of getting the undrafted free agents. They had a great program set up, pamphlets and everything to the prospective players, why you should sign with Seattle after the draft. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they really went hard after that aspect, they built themselves up to a team that went to two Super Bowls. That's they right. won one. Should have won two if they hit the ball <laughs> off to Marshawn Lynch at the end of the game. So Patriots don't have one more ring, which uh, that's Seattle's fault, 100%. But they were great with undrafted free agents. Again, the two leading rushers, undrafted. Three of the top four receivers in that game, undrafted free agents. Two leading tacklers. DiCaprio Boodle had eight. Tied with Ben Neiman. Both of them undrafted. Boodle this year comes from Nebraska. He played in two games only on special teams, wasn't in on defense. But what does that say about the scouting and everything for the Chiefs? Because Clark Hunt, the chairman and CEO, after the game said, this is where Andy Reid thrives, which who would you rather have in a pandemic than someone as, 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 as organized yeah. as Andy Reid? I mean, mm-hmm. it goes down like Nick Saban in college football won the national title last year. Why? The organized ones do things. Yes, the, the and, and the word that Clark Hunt used was thorough, which I thought was so appropriate that, like, even – you give him the scenario, he's still going to be thorough in his preparation and trying to teach guys, here's why we do this technique, here's why we're in this formation, here's what's going to lead to victory. And because he's won a Super Bowl, because all Chiefs fans know with this guy is is consistency in terms of success, uh, because you have a quarterback that is aligned with him in terms of work ethic, uh, treating every day as it's important, not just on game day. Everybody else can understand, okay, like I'm willing to listen. There's a reason this guy's been successful. And he explains it no matter where you are, where you've came from. Um, and that's what's really remarkable to me is that coaching not isn't just about obviously finding the schematic advantages and exploiting those, but it's it's motivating guys. It's getting guys to see the big picture. And for them to have belief in themselves, when the opportunity presents itself, um, Byron Pringle, hey man, we you know 
This is year four. You've been in the program. Let's let's see what you can do with the opportunity. He leads the team in receiving. He he has two touchdowns. Uh, I think a lot of Chiefs fans kind of want to see more of Derek Gore, only because the Chiefs have coached this player to hit the hole, move forward, run with aggression, and all of a sudden now he's starting to catch passes from the superstar quarterback downfield for 50 yards. Uh, ben Neiman, uh, slowly he's gotten better over the course of the season um, to where now he's in these dime packages and he's around the football. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger wants to throw the ball in the flat. Ben Neiman hits Najee Harris. Najee Harris goes down for for that for that minimal gain. Uh, this is just coaching is so important in the NFL because everybody's talented. But how do you accentuate a person's skill set? How do you minimize what their weaknesses are? And can you schematically teach them as to why they're going to be successful on this snap? It reminds me of Phil Jackson to some extent. Different sport with the NBA. Listen, there's a lot of guys that had the talent. Yes. But you have to be able to put the talent together. I think it takes a special mixture of a coach to be able to utilize your talent where you're not pointing fingers. Nope. Because, yes, you may have stars on your team, but getting them all to play in the same direction, easier than it sounds. It is. And, and think about it even from a Tyreek Hill standpoint, right? We didn't talk to Tyreek Hill after the game. I asked Andy what it was like to sort of bring him back sort of into the game plan. We didn't know if he would be there because he came off the COVID list on Saturday. So, hey, we've had we've got less than really 24 hours to sort of pit this thing together. Which COVID. totally goes against this philosophy of practice. <laughs> right. But he has to. He's making adjustments because this yes. is a special circumstance. Yes. And so Andy usually doesn't like to play guys if they don't practice. But, you know, Tyree Kill is obviously immensely important to the offense, especially if Travis Kelsey is unavailable. But look, Tyree Kill did his job, which was, hey, be a viable option. We threw you the ball early in the game. Everybody knows your talent, but actually we need you to be on the field so that we can give other guys opportunities. So we can take what the defense is going to do, which is clearly double-team you because you're the biggest threat. And even though you haven't practiced, even though you don't have the normal reps you would have gotten this week, even though you may not feel 100% because you're still getting your conditioning back from obviously contracting this variant of the virus, Okay, well, this snap's designed for Byron Pringle. This snap is designed for Demarcus Robinson. Or even, hey, block for McCole Hardman on his touchdown pass. Um, and I thought Tyreek Hill did a fine job. I mean, it's great when the coach can explain that to the star receiver and the star receiver execute that so that guys younger than him with less experience, with less you know accolades, understand that, if they do that, I'm going to I'm gonna do my part when, you know, Tyreek Hill needs me to block for him. And so it just, it all moves in a positive direction. And you know this, Jay, similar to what Phil Jackson would try to do with, hey, it's okay, MJ. You don't, you have to, it's okay to pass, a, pass the ball to John Paxson. It's okay because it's all about winning. And I think in this situation, uh, when the year was a little shaky there at three and four, um, he had built up enough rapport, enough respect to where guys stayed the course and the adjustments got better. The play got better as the season went along. And because it's later in the year than early in the year, I think it actually benefits some of these undrafted guys that say, hey, I've got 14, 15 weeks of practice time. 
I know the offense. I know the system. All right, coach, let me go show you what I can do. And the result was a 36 to 10 beatdown of a team that was not playing its JV roster, you know, halfway through the season. Well, one of the guys you mentioned was Byron Pringle, and he's he's more than just a COVID fill-in. You go back to the Raiders game, 61% of the snaps, 64% against the Chargers, 80%. You asked a great question to Andy Reid today about Byron Pringle. I mean, it's, it's time to talk some Byron Pringle. We do yes, that next. Sir. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Nate Taylor Show. Jay Binkley, Nate Taylor, Nick Price producing the operation. The Dolphins up 7-0 on the Saints. Saints have 22 guys out with COVID, but it is interesting. Dolphins win tonight. They're the seventh seed in the NFL playoffs. So uh, wild, uh, the wild, wild uh, AFC gets a little wilder the, the at this point. Chiefs fans need to root very hard for the Miami Dolphins to win today because, Jay, Get the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee. Tennessee Titans next week. If- Niners let us down last week. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Let him down. They had the lead. They let him off the hook. Now, it has come out that he has a, a thumb issue, a yeah. uh, fracture in his thumb. So maybe that yeah. was the reason for some of those, yeah. uh, at least the interception to start the second half, which was not great. But hey, you know, uh, Emmanuel Hogba. Former Chief, uh, he has, I believe, already gotten a sack in this game. But look, if if Miami wins tonight, as you mentioned, Jay, seven straight, they'll they'll be the seven seed. And if big if, but if they beat the Tennessee Titans and the Chiefs go to Cincinnati and handle their business, well, they don't really have to go to Denver and play that game at all. Now it would perhaps um, create some issues with the winning streak of the Denver Broncos. But hey, that game would be. You know, the Chiefs, even with an additional week at their disposal, would not need it to lock up the number one seed and home field advantage and a bye through the postseason. You asked a question to Andy Reid today about Byron Pringle. Really stepped up, multi-touchdowns for the first time in his career. Andy, I know yesterday we asked you a bit about Byron Pringle, but to see him work from the slot yesterday, just what makes him a good option from that part of the field? Um, and then secondly, given the way your defense is played right now, just how encouraged are you given the, you know, the fluctuation between guys being in and out that that unit has stayed consistent throughout the winning streak? Yeah, well, it's good. Let me talk about that first. I mean, that's good. That's a, that's a great thing. I think it's continuity ends up being important um, as you go forward uh, the best you can at this time of the year. And, and then listen, Pringle, um, uh, he's he's big. He's fast, strong. Uh, that that helps when you play inside there. He's learned it and has taken a lot of pride in in, uh, in learning it, studies it, um, and uh, he's done a nice he's done a nice job. Uh, and the sky really the sky's the limit for him. He, he can even get better than what he's doing right now. But he's, he's playing at a pretty high level. And here's the thing, Nate. I mean. In the draft, the Chiefs still need a number two wide receiver. Always great quarterbacks, they have two guys. I know Peyton Manning elevated the talent around him. Jacob Tammy, Brandon Stokely, you name it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He had guys named Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison as well. Yes. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Yes. Dan Marino had Mark Clayton and Duper. He had Clayton and Duper combination. So I still think the Chiefs will need to get a number two. Byron's 28. But I love, I just love a guy that's been on the practice squad, has a return TD, and 
He's Sammy Watkins light, in my opinion, because when he was filling in that role, they, they needed a tough guy. They needed an enforcer, a wide receiver. Yeah. And he's kind of been that guy. But not only that, Patrick Mahomes did have the highest passer rating to him as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He has had a few drops in the last couple of games, but still a trusted receiver for Mahomes. And his snap count would prove it out. This is, for all intents and purposes, the second number two wide receiver behind Tyreek Hill. Am I, it's looking like that with the staff. I know D-Rob getting by 4% in the Chargers game, but is he the number two wide receiver for this team? Yes, I, I believe so right now. Um, one of the things that I was able to report and I put in the athletic uh, today when I wrote about Byron Pringle is like, yes, because Travis Kelsey was not a part of the team because he was obviously resting at home on the COVID list because Tyreek Hill missed all of the practices on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before he was activated on Saturday – that the primary receiver on most of the reps for Patrick Mahomes in practice was to Byron Pringle. So it does translate out for, okay, a lot of these plays were designed to get Byron Pringle open in the middle of the field from the slot position. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey is excellent working from the slot, you know, as that big-bodied, you know, wide receiver that says wide. tight end next to his name. But, like, we all know, like, he's, he's just as much a receiver as he is a blocker in a lot of ways. And Byron Pringle, I think – is kind of getting towards that Sammy Watkins role where, hey, if it's in the intermediate the word's zone. bigger and tough used with Watkins and him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and someone who can break a tackle too, right? Wasn't, wasn't it gorgeous? Now, the game was already in hand, but it was gorgeous that they used a simple RPO slant and Byron Pringle makes Mika Fitzpatrick, who was a really good safety. Oh, stop at a dime, duck under defenders, that play? I mean, made him look. Second touchdown? Did didn't go well for a guy who is who is uh, one of the better safeties in the league. So he has the he has the ability to catch the ball in the middle of the field, make a guy miss, um, and has pretty good speed when given the chance to go the distance. Obviously, uh, the highlight that makes you most think about that is what he did against the Baltimore Ravens earlier in the season. But uh, right now, in a perfect world where everyone's healthy, hopefully not on the COVID list. You, you can have a, a, a real offense where Mahomes in this too-high-shell look as they have to matriculate the ball down the field, the stat you gave earlier, he has Tyreek Hill on the outside, he has Travis Kelsey moving all over the formations, and maybe now Byron Pringle, based on this game and the, the confidence it can give him, the communication and the chemistry that he's building with Mahomes along this four-year run, Maybe now he can be that Sammy Watkins guy where, hey, if we need a 12, 13, 14-yard reception, somebody that can just move the chains, maybe that's Byron Pringle now. We were looking for it all year. We thought maybe McCole Hardman. You know, Demarcus Robinson's been a part of this wide receiver core the longest outside of Tyreek Hill. But I think Byron Pringle has now earned that responsibility of being the second wide receiver and the third option uh, if you're not including, obviously, the running backs. One other thing I want to ask you before we look at the Bengals. By the way, if you want to ask Nate Taylor a question, hashtag Nate Taylor, ask Nate uh, on our text line, J Southland, Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. We'll do it in the next segment when we look forward uh, to the Bengals. But it is of note that teams can now interview. You don't have to wait till the playoffs. It could be the final two weeks, the final 12 days here yep. of the NFL schedule. Um, the enemy. You know, he's been interviewing the last couple of years. I believe he should have had his shot already. Yes. I would have put him in the Chargers can, can, can instead we, of Brendan Staley. <laughs> because it's important because with a young quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence, well, somebody you know, like that. J- you know, Jacksonville did interview Eric Bieniemy last year. And is this the work. year, is this the year, Nate, I that mean, the Chiefs lose a coach because they haven't the last two years? The odds would tell you that um, they should. 
you know, one of the things that I wrote before the start of last season was how the Patriots were able to go back to back in 2003 and four was because obviously their coordinators at the time, Romeo Cornell, um, and I can't think of the offensive coordinator right now. Um, Charlie? Charlie Weiss, yes. Charlie Weiss. They they actually were they were actually retained. It, it was one of the stunning yeah, Weiss things. Weiss found a lot of money. He didn't he when he left? Yeah. No wins, a lot of money. But it was it was one of the f- more fascinating things as as to like, wow, no team has gone back to back to win the Super Bowl since that team. And it's like, well, what are the reasons why? And it was one of the reasons why I sort of pointed out that, hey, Spagnola and Bienemy are kind of in this same situation. Uh I would I would think that the work Steve Spagnuolo has done this year, you 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 should interview him and, it, s- and see where that goes. And he's does been, he have a chance? So is, are teams the Vic Fangio deal? It's got a defensive mind, or is it all? And I know Brandon Staley. Brandon came Staley, for that. but, yeah, but, but, but he, was, he was a college quarterback, so he does no offense yes. well. And usually, defensive coordinators no offense well. But it's Spags. I mean, is this the time for Spags? Do you think the NFL would look going that direction defensively? Last year, I was I was told through a number of conversations that Bienemy was the guy that that should have had the best opportunity to leave Jacksonville based on everything that I had heard of and the opportunities that were in front of him seemed to be his best option. Now it, it's not his fault. Eric Bienemy, it's not his fault that urban Meyer was available and that Jacksonville was more was that the, the, the ability to bring in a college national championship coach at the time was more appealing to them. Um, I would tell Jacksonville to call Eric Bieniemy again. This year, I get the sense that it could be either or, um, because Spagnuolo has done just just a remarkable job. And yes, the Chiefs are known mostly for offense and Patrick Mahomes and the ability to score points um, at a consistent level. But this defense, you, you you would have to assume that Spagnuolo, if you wanted to look for a guy with more experience who had been a head coach previously with the Rams, uh, he would be a great option. Just as good of an option, in my opinion, as Doug Peterson, who will get a lot of buzz over the next two weeks because he's available right now because he took the you know he took the year. Is Kafka just waiting for the offensive coordinator job? Because his name's been floated out there as well. If Andy Reid wants to retain Mike Kafka, he keeps uh, getting promotions. <laughs> Mike Kafka's a free agent. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. You know, so if if Andy Reid wants to retain Mike Kafka, the easiest way for that to happen is if Eric Bieniemy gets his shot. Um, you know, I don't think. Chicago, if they move on from Matt Nagy, will necessarily be looking for the next Andy Reid disciple to come out. So maybe that doesn't work for Biennemi, but um, there might be a few chances. It's interesting because the league has restructured this now to where you can interview coaches today. That's a good thing. But you've also extended the season (laughs) because now we play 18 (laughs) weeks in a 17-game season. And, hey, 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 we're not out of it. You know, we're not, you know, I don't think Seattle's getting rid of Pete Carroll um, but outside of that team, just about every team is like, I mean, we're still in the playoff picture. And so like, Fangio wants another year and, in and, Denver. And, and look, even even New York, right? I would move on from Joey Judge, but they might not. I don't think they're going to. I, so so that's another opportunity that might not be available to them. It's uh, there's only 32 of these things, and you're reminded of that every year. But uh, if you want to understand why the Chiefs are winning, it's not. Solely just because of Andy Reid, like I, I, I will. Anybody in Kansas City would tell you this, Jay, and I'm, I'm I know that's why you want to ask me. But um, Eric Bieniemy has 
a lot of influence on this offense. You know, he understands what helps Patrick Mahomes be better, right? Uh, Steve Spagnuolo had to figure out this defense when they were the worst unit in the league. And, yes, getting players helps, but how to utilize them, as we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, it's not solely Andy Reid. Obviously, Andy Reid is the head coach. He is the guy that's leading the whole organization, that's structuring everything. But he relies on his assistant coaches um, just as much as he relies on his players, and it would be wise to <laughs> give Andy Reid a call and say, can I interview Eric Bieniemy or Steve Spagnuolo if you were looking for a head coach between now and, and the end of the season. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. By the way, ask Nate now, Jay Southland, Toast Service Text Line. Take a timeout. We'll look at the Bengals, and there's a stat they lead the NFL in. It's a very good stat. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to The Nate Taylor Show. The Bengals on the schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs. They've actually been pretty good offensively and defensively. Now, the Chiefs are doing well in penalties. They're 15th in the NFL, only 96, which is a big difference for what they usually are. Right. Bengals, fewest penalties in the NFL, fewest penalty yards. They are not doing as well in a turnover game as the Kansas City Chiefs. They're minus two. The Chiefs have climbed all the way up to plus three in that category. They forced multiple turnovers in seven straight games. It's a game that I'm so looking forward to, Jay, because Cincinnati is right there. They see it. It's the playoffs with Joe Burrow as their former number one pick, young rookie quarterback. Um, Would you take him over Justin Herbert? No. <laughs> no. The 525 didn't sell you? I, you know, I like Burrow better than Herbert. I know. Really? Look at those numbers, man. Wow. I like the moxie. I, I'm just saying. Maybe I'm drunk. One guy's going to the playoffs and one's going to watch on the couch, probably. Ooh. You, I mean, you might be right. Look, maybe I'm drunk on Herbert highlights because they are, they are awesome. Burrow's got a few. Uh, Burrow does have a few. I, you know, when I was on the, when I was on with Carrington earlier this, this season on the drive, I can, I said to me, and I still feel this way to me, Joe Burrow has a chance to be the next Drew Brees where it's just completion after completion, after completion, making smart decisions on time. Uh, he's got more athleticism, which obviously is to his benefit than Drew Brees. But I, I feel like Drew Brees was in it every year. Drew Brees got your team to the playoffs. Drew Brees, you know, usually won you a division every other year, um, you know, depending on how the NFC South was. And they're right there. Like, they could win the division. Um, so it's one of those games like we talked two weeks ago, Jay, where it's – it's so exciting because both teams need it so badly. The Chiefs, all they have to do is win another road game. And perhaps, fellas, you may not have to play another road game of importance the entire season, right? The entire AFC playoffs could go through Arrowhead. Um, and perhaps for the fourth straight year, you host the AFC championship game. Um, for the Bengals, their offense has gotten... So good. I, I think T. Higgins is really nice, their wide receiver. Obviously, I think a lot of people are enamored with Chase Young because he, he's just so dynamic. And well, this is a perfect pairing. When Jamar Chase was on, they, they had On the LSU, yeah. 1,700 yards, 22 touchdowns this last year with Joe Burrow. That's his guy. They, they that wanna, was going to be a tandem to be reckoned with in the AFC. They had to make that move. I know people were talking the line. Yeah. Jamar Chase was the right choice for him. They they won a national championship alongside with with Clyde, Clyde. with Clyde Edwards Alaire. Justin Jefferson. They they went undefeated for a reason. Pretty good team. 
Because Joe Burrow can move in the pocket and he can make completions for days. I mean, he just it's going to be really fascinating because this Chiefs secondary has gotten really good and, and tight with their coverage. Um, they have taken away some of the best receivers in the league this year, uh, or at least during this winning streak. Uh, CeeDee Lamb comes to mind with Dak Prescott. Uh, Devontae Adams did not have Aaron Rodgers, but you know the Packers were still targeting Devontae Adams two-thirds of the time, and he did not have uh, a very good game in that win. Um, look, when, when the Raiders had Darren Waller at their disposal, they shut Darren Waller down. So uh, now you got two guys. You got, you got T. Higgins, you got Jamar, Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how that will work. And I know Mitch Holtis mentioned this earlier, but the one problem is Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, and Jaron Reed. Uh, this is another game, yet again, it's very simple, where if the Chiefs defensive line dominates, they'll probably win the game. Good our first uh, question from the 913. All right, Nate, who's the second best team in the AFC right now? Pictures have lost two in a row. It's probably the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Because they, A, have already beaten you this season, so they're not going to be afraid. And, of course, they, they've learned the experience of what it was like to go to the AFC Championship and understand what it truly takes to get to the Super Bowl. Um, but look, I watched uh, that game yesterday between the Bills and the Patriots. It was a it was a great game to watch, just because you do the Bills needed to sort of remind the Patriots that, that hey, we are we are really good. You came into our house and won. Let's 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 do you the favor as well. And Josh Allen, when he's right, when Josh Allen can scramble, when he can make those off platform throws away, Mahomes can. Ooh, it, it's really good, and at least the Bills tackled better, I thought, yesterday. Uh, they were more prepared for a Patriots office that they had seen for a second time this season. Um, I think the the highest ceiling right now, I would say, are the Bills because of their quarterback and the fact that they're 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 kind of on a similar track to the Chiefs. Right. They, they're, right. they're later in they, – they started later, but they're starting to figure it out the way the Chiefs did in November. Are you drafting Lord Jackson's there, Josh Allen's there, Joe Burrow's there, Justin Herbert, who are you taking? I love Lamar Jackson. He is not healthy. Uh, I look, man. I just, I loved, I love Justin Herbert. I just can't shake I it. I can't shake it, Jack. You do. I mean, did you have you seen some of the throws he uh, makes? Of course, man. The guy's an incredible player. Uh, now look, they, they didn't have their offensive lineman. I think I, Burrow with that 525 yards, fourth all time, is pretty good last week too. It was, it he was, was throwing dimes, man. It was great, and it was the right strategy because the the Baltimore Ravens secondary is 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 down to guys who you would not start earlier this season. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. And so again, that's why it's such an intriguing matchup because Javarius Ward, Legarius Sneed. Um, Rashad Fitton, we think will come back and, you know, the, the, the fourth quarterback, the fourth cornerback, excuse me. Um, there, this is a cornerback group that maybe this, the Cincinnati Bengals haven't, haven't faced all season. And so it's going to be a lot of press man coverage. They're going to ask, you know, you know, Spaz is going to blitz Joe Burrow. And this whole season has been the AFC North with the Chiefs with the Orlando Brown trade with Melvin Ingram. Yep. The Chiefs are in the middle of this picture of the AFC North. Teams like Cleveland rooting for the Chiefs beat Cincinnati so they can try to beat them again at the end of the year. But uh, this is the Nate Taylor Show. We'll uh, podcast this bad boy as well. Follow us on Twitter at by Nate Taylor for Nate. I'm at Three Guys in a Garage. The station account at 610 Sports KC. We'll put it out there as well. Nate, uh, Cincinnati's going to be fun for you. It's Chili Town, man. 
Go to oh, Skyline Chili. People say whatever they want about Skyline Chili. Trust me, it's good stuff. Oh, I'm gonna have it. It's gonna be cold. I gotta stay warm. And uh, look, Jay, let's let's hope this game is just as fun and thrilling as the win in uh, in El- in Los Angeles. We'll talk about it Monday night for sure. Coming up next, though, it's the Red Reaction Show with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. Next. <laughs> <laughs>